When it comes to stopping the spread of hate, the number one thing I've been looking at are all these labels, like you said, Chase. We're just in this world where we've become lambasted with different labels from every direction. This, you're that, you're this, you're that. It's so dangerous to use labels because that's how you know, the Jews and the Nazis happened. That's how segregation happened. It's it's how every problem in the world, true injustices in the world have happened between people is because they used labels for one another. And as we said before, when you use a label, you only refer to the label and what I think and project about that label, and you don't see the soul, the light, the person. And that's where huge injustices are carried out. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hey friends, welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. I am so happy you are choosing to listen to this specific episode. It could be one of the most important conversations to date that we have shared with you, our listeners. If you're thinking, wait, didn't they just have Aaron on like five episodes ago? (laughs) Yes, yes we did. But this conversation really couldn't wait any longer. As more and more hate labels, division, medical segregation, and duality rises up all around us, instead of continuing to talk about the problems, we knew we at The Medicine needed to provide solution-based action items for anyone who is also looking around thinking, okay, enough is enough. How do we come back together out of duality and division and into unity consciousness? And there is no one better to discuss this than with our good friend, Aaron Abke, who is a walking, breathing example of what balanced wisdom and love really looks like. We don't need any more debates, statistics, labels, or hate memes. We need unity. And this was really a collaboration of three minds coming together, providing actionable, practical steps that each one of us can start taking today to raise the consciousness of humanity. We offer each of these ideas to you as things that we are committed to. And if you would like to join us, we would love to have you. In my opinion, there is no conversation that is more important than the one you are about to hear. The future of our free will could depend on whether or not humanity embraces this higher way of relating. I know there are people out there just like us who every day are thinking enough is enough, but we'll never know unless we speak up and share, right? So if you would please help us by sending this episode to someone you love or posting a screenshot on your story, sharing how it moved you in some way, we appreciate every listen and every share. You are part of this change. So thank you. Enjoy this oh so critical conversation with our friend, Aaron Abke. 
Welcome back to The Medicine. We have a very special guest who was recently on episode number 86. And this episode, um, we realized this topic, uh, this conversation really couldn't wait any longer. This really needed to happen now. And we were convicted, I was convicted to kind of reach out to Aaron and um, start this conversation of what unity looks like and how we can take tangible, practical steps in our everyday life to move towards unity. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I have my love here with me. What is up, everybody? I have been just dying to chop wood. We, we are, <laughs> we're like a year and a half, over a year and a half into this uh, quarantine world, uh, this constant news cycle of fear. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to right now start putting a penny away a day into action, uh, into making the world a better place and getting through this uh, divisiveness, this division yeah. that, that we all have. So uh, Aaron has been one of the people who is speaking the loudest on this type of mindset uh, and this type of motivation. So fired up to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back, guys. I came uh, medicined up, ready to yes. rock. Go. Come on. <laughs> for all the listeners, he's uh, sipping out of our mushy mug that we have mushy on our mug. Room. Yes. I got my mushroom coffee in there. Nice. Love it. Um, so you guys, just uh, just a heads up. This is, um, if you want to hear about Aaron's personal story and his journey into what he does now, um, definitely check out, check out episode number 86. We're not really going to dive into that. If you want to get to know Aaron, um, he has a ton of content, ton of videos on YouTube and his Instagram. Check them out for sure. This is going to be more of a collaborative and solution-oriented conversation towards that unity consciousness that we're talking about. Um, if you want to know more about Aaron and his story, uh, you can uh, definitely check out episode 86 and all of his content. Wanted to get that disclaimer out of the way. Just in case this is the first episode that somebody is listening to, just we've already uh, uh, interviewed Aaron and gotten his backstory. And so this is going to be more um, collaboration for sure. Um, and I, I do want to say that one thing that this episode is not meant to be, it is not sort of this back and forth quibble of statistics or research or this or that he said, she said, medical experts say this. Definitely it, not political. It's not political. It is 100% the intention is solution oriented and action items that we can all take into our life today to start kind of banding together and stepping out of this division and duality to really level up and raise our consciousness for humanity. Remember that first couple weeks of the pandemic? Yes. There was there was almost like a checklist of actions that you can be taking, you know, like through the glass, like waving at the, you know, postal delivery people and, and this sort of like collective, uh, like buy-in um, from society yeah. that, hey, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, at the time, it was like, you know, two weeks, keep your head down and we'll get through this thing. Yeah. Uh, that quickly evaporated, but that was a that was a nice feeling. It was a powerful feeling. And it was yeah. a it was a spiritual lift where it really was this we're in this together mentality. And yeah. uh, like, let's take care of each other. Like, let's help one another take care of each other. And I think what really flipped it was one of the things was um, the scarcity around like 
grocery, food, toilet paper. Everybody got into this sort of like, I need yeah. to stock up for me because, fear. right? Sure. It was fear. And for us, I'll let you speak to your experience in Colorado, but for us, definitely it was this like, we're in this, we got this. It switched. And uh, I think fear is such a powerful um, motivator when it comes to like, I got to take care of me. Is that mm -hmm. kind of what your experience was? Yeah, you know, I really noticed in the beginning how you guys were just saying that. And we saw this in 9-11 too, right? Like whenever there's real crisis, an actual crisis where we don't know, we have no certainty of what's going to happen. Um, man, we just unite so fast and just like, we're in this together and we lock arms and there's just so much oneness that comes from that. And then as soon as things get political and, and propagandized and everything, there's just division and, yeah. and fear becomes the, the main default mode and, and fear divides, right? So I just find that interesting how these catalysts um, polarize us in such different ways. When there's truly a crisis, it polarizes us towards, you know, oneness and service to others. And when there's, um, you know, manipulation, fear, propaganda, it polarizes us to separation. And it's like, okay, just mental note of that, right? This is how the polarities work. Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. But that feeling that Chase just spoke to, it's like before outside before the media before propaganda before whatever it's like inserting itself into our brains and telling us to be afraid of one another yeah um that that feeling is so strong and i've never put two and two together that that's maybe the potential of what unity consciousness could feel like all the time yes it's like a little taste sure it feels so good it, it feels like oh man we're the same no matter what you got going yeah. on, like we're here, we got this, we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one really hits the core of what we are and the other really hits on the, the ego aspect of the human nature. And so, you know, those in, those in power who want to manipulate always play to the ego nature. And when, you know, the universe brings an actual crisis, you know, people are in trouble or there's some, um, some disaster we, you know, the ego just gets shut down in those moments and our true nature just really shines through and we rise to the occasion. And it's like, that's who we really are. Right. Yeah. And if we could see that in everyone, despite the political beliefs, medical status, whatever, if you can just see that that core of light is in everyone and you could love that and honor that, I mean, that's where unity begins and ends. That's all you need for unity. Yeah. But the division and the propaganda keeps us seeing only the surface layer of opinions and things like that. And so that's what we've got to have some real action oriented steps to begin becoming the solution to that problem and not contributing to it further. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we're, you know, jumping into today. Uh, you know, for you, Aaron, like when it comes to recognizing duality and division, what, what does that look like for you? Uh, what are you feeling? What should we all sort of be feeling and identifying that says like, whoa, hold on. This is, this is division. This is duality. Like how can I identify yeah. this in my life? Yeah. Well, I think what the pandemic has really showed me more than anything is that the duality that seems to be out there is always within me first, and then I project it. And so it's only there where I can really make a difference and take ownership of it. So I've just been paying really close attention to my own judgments, and especially, you know, how easy it is to get um, frustrated at injustices and corruption. 
um, I'm at a place now in my, my journey where I, I really don't get thrown off my center by almost anything. And I can have tremendous patience for things that used to drive me up the wall and, and all of that. But when it comes to injustice, that's still one area that ignites a lot of anger in me. And I've kind of always been that way, but um, I'm just noticing, okay, there's something here that still isn't healed because I know that God isn't seeing this situation with anger and, and frustration, right? Um, why, am I, why am I perceiving that God is absent from this situation when I know that God is everywhere and in everything and is working in everything? So I just continue to work out my own perception and uh, make sure that whatever I'm seeing or engaging with, I come first from peace and I join myself to it first rather than disconnect myself from a place of judgment of like, hey, I'm right, that thing is wrong and I'm here to make correction. It seems like that's the noble virtuous response, um, but there's a higher way of seeing, right? And so I wanna, I wanna join with reality and see what reality is doing in the catalyst, in the darkness, in the corruption, because it's all working for a higher purpose. And I think sometimes we almost feel as if God has abandoned the world or me, and we sort of act from that place. And the important thing for us to realize now, you know, we don't have the luxury at this point of, of continuing to add more of the, add more to the problem. Like the problem's already so bad that we've got to get square about how we really should respond from a place of unity and love and oneness. And that all begins with how I perceive the world. So it's like peace first and action second. Hmm. And if I'm not in peace, I'm not going to post it. <laughs> I'm not hmm. going to respond to that comment. I'm not going to have that conversation with that person because I'm contributing to the problem. Right? And we want to be solutions, not you know, add further to the maelstrom of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've picked up on, uh, you know, so much with, with what is out there currently and, and has been for some time is, is the energy, the frequency, even if the literal articulation of what is being said is drastically different and uh, mm -hmm. on polar opposite ends, mm -hmm. the energy is the same. The frequency is the same. When I experience, yeah. it, experience it in my body, it is coming through me in the exact same way. It's, it's pessimistic. It's uh, yeah. sort of deteriorating to my soul. And yeah. despite the fact that it would on paper look like it is polar opposite, it quite literally is running through my body in the same way. Yeah, I, I think yeah. A, a sort of real life example of that that someone could picture is not that there's anything wrong with peaceful protests and people holding signs don't have any problem with that. But sometimes what is spewing and the look on people's faces, the kind of the fist shaking, the energy that is put behind it, sometimes even the messages that are on the signs, um, you, could, you could substitute from both ends of this polar opposite you know, viewpoint onto that sign. And it would make sense with the energy that is matched uh, from yeah. the person themselves. Yeah. Um, I think we've all seen both sides and sometimes it's like, you don't right away when you just look at the person, you don't know if it's this side or that side because the energy is exactly the same. Right. And Chase has been, you know, speaking to this for so long. Um, I will say you definitely more than, more than me um, since the beginning of the pandemic speaking about these are two sides of the same coin. They are, 
two, how, what do you say? I, two I, I wings. always say two wings on the same bird of prey. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, it's still coming with hate. Even if the hate has a holistic health root, if right. that makes sense. So like, just because people might be orienting themselves with holistic health and clean vessel, um, you know, mm. intentional living that, that can still be combined with hate so that the overall message is still hate. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, what we would love to maybe get into a little bit today. Um, definitely. And, and that's the scene, right? Like that's the scene, the state we're in, but there's hope. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In the same way that you can be in a, a pit with your, maybe it's your relationship, uh, maybe it's your health and wellness. Um, there's no quick fix. There's no quick solution necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think we all know that consistency, um, putting a, putting a little bit away every day, whether that be quite literally in the form of like money, you know, people talk about compound interest all the time, compounding mm -hmm. interest, well, compounding self-interest and self-development and spiritual development works the same way. That momentum is critically huge. And yeah. so, uh, what I'm stoked to, to do today is, is actually talk about some of those things, those yeah. things that are light that you can like literally metaphorically, uh, pop open, uh, you know, the blinds and have a little bit of light come into your life and you start building that momentum. Maybe it's one thing today, maybe it's a couple things tomorrow. Uh, you, you, a month goes by, two months goes by and you start picking up on the progress of you and, uh, kind of the collective when you start to yeah. do these things, uh, ritualist, uh, ritualistically. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the way that we're going to format this a little bit is, um, Megan and I have, you know, a few ideas on, you know, what we can do and, and what literally we're just kind of like raising our hands and committing to They're They're essentially steps and ways of, uh, making progress towards unity. Um, mm -hmm. And, and Aaron's got a few that he's going to gonna jump in and we're just going to go back and forth for a while yeah. on this. Yeah. And if it sounds like we're reading or looking on notes or whatever, it's because we are, because we really did put a lot of intention and time and energy into this conversation because it is so critical. So if it feels like we're yeah. reading at any point, we're just, we, we wanted to make sure we, we got everything out that we really wanted to in this episode. So, um, uh, I guess we'll start with, um, the first thing that Chase and I are committing ourselves to, and we would love to hear from you, Aaron, what you think on this. Um, I think the first and foremost point is to <laughs> stop the spread of hate. And you'll notice as we go through this that we do have a little bit of uh, cheek cheekiness in our points that we're making. It is um, intended to add a little bit of lightness to what could be a very heavy topic. We have like collectively as a culture we've, we've added like 20 percent more term, yeah. terms and vocab and and like terminology for, uh, in the, the last pandemic. year and a half yeah that uh, we may yeah. as well pivot these things into something yeah. a little more positive so right stop the spread of hate and what does this like literally mean i think anybody who jumps on social media anybody who turns the news on is pretty aware of the fact that there's some serious uh hate bombs being thrown around and going back to what you were talking about uh, earlier, Aaron, with kind of like discernment versus judgment and differentiating and getting to that place of peace before you take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How freaking easy is it right now to see something that strikes a chord within you? Maybe it's, maybe it's a chord of um, even just like, wow, I may not hate this, but it, but it sounds so true. I'm going to reshare this mm -hmm. or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this to my friends who are going to confirm my own perspective on this. Or it could be a, a, a hateful but funny 
meme. Right. It's that low hanging fruit of pessimism and sarcasm, which, which dings that little dopamine buzz, but right. may, may not be satiating. It may take the next time two or three of those for you to get the same type of buzz. So for us, stop the spread. What I'm committed to is when I see those little moments, those little opportunities, maybe it's on social media, maybe it's something that comes through uh, just in a conversation with people who I know are probably a little more aligned with my perspective on some of these issues is like your talk, like you so beautifully put earlier, I'm going to ground myself in peace. I'm going to sit in empathy. And prior to making a decision to take action like share a meme uh, or give in to kind of the pessimistic, uh, sarcastic, detrimental type um, humor that would come about, I'm going to actually process that through my body and say, hey, what can I do for love or for unity instead? Mm -hmm. Yes. Put a little love in your heart. <laughs> there we go. Come oh, we've got a voice, people. <laughs> oh, I love uh, this, man. I, I, I was going to say when you made the comment about the two sides having the same energy, that's just the best place to find unity, actually, because if you can look at the quote unquote other, right, and realize, you know, they're foaming at the mouth with their sign in their hand. Well, okay, they clearly perceive an injustice, right? Like I do. And they're fighting for what they think is right. But can I just connect with them on that? Mm. Because, hey, maybe we disagree on what the unjust thing is or where the injustice is. Right now, the vaxxers think it's the unvaxxed, the unvaxxed think it's the vaxxers, right? We'll never find unity there. But if we realize what the core, we both want what's right and what's true. We just aren't in alignment on what we think is true or right yet. But let's start where we agree, right? We want people, we don't want lives to be lost. Uh, we care about the health of everyone. And if we could come from that place, how easy would it be to have these conversations together? How mm -hmm. easy would it be? to just exchange data, show here, here's where I'm seeing it's true. Show me right. what you think. And, um, you know, I think what you were saying, Chase, like is so important that we can just become so much more active in spreading love in the world right now at the grocery store. You know, when you're at, saying hi to a stranger, just like give that warm smile, um, emanate that love because the vibration of the world is so low right now. And, when the vibration is low, you know, we're in that fear-based reptilian brain that just fight or flight and looking for the enemy to defend myself against. So it's like, it doesn't really matter what arguments we have. If the vibration is in a state of fear, it's not going to be heard. Mm -hmm. So if we can really understand that that's the most important thing is like, first get the vibration up, you know, peace first, and then act. I start to notice that the more I work out these things in me, the more I tell the truth to myself, the more I stop lying to myself, the more I love and accept myself for my own mistakes and flaws, the more I do that in the world naturally. And actually, the clearer I see where I'm being gaslit, manipulated, lied to um, in the world, and because I see it with discernment and not judgment, I can have compassion and understanding, say, well, I can't hate the people that are doing that because that's just where they are. Um, I can just bring love to the world and raise awareness and allow the vibration to do the work for me. Right. Yeah. So I think when it comes to stopping the spread of hate, the number one thing I've been looking at are all these labels. Like you said, Chase, um, we're just in this world where we've become lambasted with different labels from every direction. This, you're that, you're this, you're that, you know, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but 
it's so dangerous to use labels because that's yeah. how you know the Jews and the Nazis happened. That's how segregation happened. It's it's how every problem in the world, um, true injustices in the world have happened between people is because they used labels for one another. Yeah. And as we said before, when you use a label, you only refer to the label and what I think and project about that label, and you don't see the soul, the light, yes. the person. And that's where huge injustices are carried out. I would say, to your point, you know, it distances us from the humanity of how many things would we say to a person if it's you and me talking on the street, would I say the same things to you that I type out with, <laughs> right. with 10 exclamation points and a bunch of hateful hashtags? Probably not because that person's humanity. You have to see the person. Is yeah. right there. Yeah. And certainly there are still people that, <laughs> that do that. But I think with the majority of us, we get this false sense of separateness literally when i've got my screen separating me from the rest of the world and you've got yours and a whole world in between us like you're just text on a screen to me you're just this label which i yeah. have ideas about you're not you're an just actual my projection yeah you're not an actual human and yeah. I, I think that that is absolutely linked to stopping the spread is uh, of hate is really trying to connect with oh there's a human on the other end of this that's going to read this um, yeah, two, two, you know, two practical pieces in this and, and both of you I look up to in this sense because you're both very active on social and you probably get a storm of shitty repost uh, quality material coming through your kind of pipeline of what to, to talk about or what to discuss about. Practical question. Is this, in, is this in service to self or is this in service to others? Mm -hmm. You know, a question I've heard you ask, Aaron, uh, before is who cares? Literally, who cares? If yeah. the individual who would care would be the people who are confirming this type of bias, um, maybe think twice. Mm -hmm. Or is it allowing the individual a choice? And that is the free will right. we're all speaking of. So yeah. specifically, maybe practically, it's the difference between sending a, a mocking meme or like you both have done have put up informational like petitions mm -hmm. hey i encourage yeah. i'm nudging any of you to take a read through this right if you feel compelled or called mm -hmm. you know sign i literally put up uh, an invitation with a question box it was like hey if you want this i will send it to you i explained what it was i didn't mm -hmm. thrust it in front of people's face i didn't say everyone needs to sign this today and and inject <laughs> fear um and i'm not tooting my own horn but i'm really trying to live this out and put an invitation out that like hey if you want this petition, this is what it's about. If you'd like it, I will send it to you. And uh, got a, a great amount of feedback from that. And I think that people appreciate that. The choice, go figure, they appreciate free will and the yeah. honoring of free will. Um, so I think that, that that's a really good place for, for people to start is stopping the spread of hate. And you can start just by with what you're sending um, on social media. Totally agree. Yeah, we can do a lot of good just by um, making a clear intention of how we want to come across in acknowledging that, you know, both sides of the equation are going to be reading this post. So how do I honor both sides in this post? And for me, and I've tried to become better and better about this. Um, for me lately, it's just been looking like, hey, I'm presenting this information, not because I want to change anyone's mind um, or to scare anyone 
um, but simply to raise awareness of this and say, hey, are you aware of this? Um, and then let you do with it what you will. I'm not interested yeah. in changing minds or being right. Um, we just need to have conversation. We need to talk. We need to communicate with each other. Yeah, I think that you it, it's well received as a uh, as a follower and reader of everything you put out. You you really do a great job of that. It never feels like thrust in my face at all. It's just bringing light to what could potentially be perceived as darkness. Yeah, it's like I see you drinking that uh, soda over there. Have you heard of monk fruit? <laughs> Have you <Yeah>. heard of <laughs> acai berries and, and, and kind of a low glycemic, uh, you know, very yeah. sweet tasting drinks? Have you heard of Zevia? Have you heard of Zevia? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Right. Um, Aaron, what do you got? What are one of these uh, one of these steps that we can uh, we can jump into and talk about some of the things that we're committing to? Hey, homies. So there's no denying it. Today's superfood market has become completely saturated with all different types of green juice powders. But here's a little secret for you. Most of them contain 30 or more different ingredients, which kind of sounds like a good thing, right? But with this many, it turns out to be only a little fairy dusting sprinkle of each ingredient. Let's think about this. If the serving size is about a tablespoon of powder, a green juice with fewer ingredients will have a higher dose of each one. That is one of the many reasons I choose the OGJ, that is Organifi Green Juice. Organifi has specifically handpicked 11 potent superfoods like their heavy hitter ashwagandha. You get a full clinical dose of this powerful adaptogen in every scoop of Organifi green juice. Ashwagandha has been proven to greatly support the body in its response to stress. I know I need that basically every day. And all Organifi products are USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and glyphosate residue free. That's a big one. My favorite way to drink the OGJ is blending it into cold water with a splash of almond milk and ice. It's like a liquid green cupcake. To try Organifi's flagship green juice or any of their other superfood blends, head to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT for an extra 15% off. Enjoy, my loves. So I've been getting a lot better at this as well lately, um, which is the idea of like, simply stop participating in the world you don't want. And I've, the pandemic has revealed to me, especially a lot of the ways I've been doing this without really seeing it. So I'm very grateful um, for seeing that through the pandemic, that there's a lot of ways I'm pledging my allegiance to corruption without really being aware of it. Like part of me kind of knows, but I never really took full ownership of it the platforms I use, the products I use, the places I do business. And um, we don't need to fight those things, those platforms, those products, those companies. That's not the way, right? You can't bring unity through division. But all we really need to do is just create our own spaces, create our own products and platforms or support the ones that are already out there, right? That align with you. Um, that way we don't have to spend our time and energy fighting against corruption, trying to take it down. I mean, like, wow, what a stressful burden to put on your right. Um, mm-hmm. unity wins just by taking in more of the resources over time. We just offer 
an alternative to the world and say, Hey, you know, no judgment where you're at, but Hey, we're over here doing this. We believe in these things. And if, and when you want to check us out, like you're all are welcome. And just kind of like, you know, in middle school or, or, or high school, um, there's different tables at lunch and like, you might want to sit with the cool kids for a while because you want to be a part of the popular crowd, but you see, they're all kind of jerks. They're all stuck up and selfish. They don't really care about you. And you know, you're in band class or something and the quote unquote nerds are like way nicer, more inclusive and loving. You have fun with them. They're more authentic. And so you just decide to sit with the band club at lunch instead, because you're like, it just matches the energy I want more. Yeah. And it's like, we got to start sort of doing that is like, we don't need to go create more division and fight people, but just make our own table and say, Hey, all are welcome. If you want to hang out and slowly that will win people over. I mean, the light always um, attracts, you know, like moths to a flame. We just have to shine that light. And if we're spending time fighting and taking down the man and stuff, like we're obviously not really shining, are we? Yeah, totally. It reminds me of something that we've told people, plenty of people in our own life and, and um, clients of mine back when I was a, a health coach was someone who has a very processed, heavy, fast food, kind of fake food type of diet. The last thing you want to tell someone is like, oh, you got to get rid of all that. You got to get cut everything out. Yeah, good um, luck. that's very limiting. Instead like let's focus on all the foods that we can enjoy, like all the all the foods that are going to bring you more life, all the yeah, health giving analogy. whole yeah. foods that we're going to bring in. We're going to bring in, you know, uh, grass fed beef. We're going to bring in, you know, all these wonderful organic produce and things. If you do that naturally, those processed foods don't have room in your diet because you can only eat yeah. so much food in a day. If you're focusing on literally the health giving, the life giving nutrient dense foods, those processed, fast types of fake foods are, are going to slip away. They're going to become a non-issue for you without you putting much energy towards actually pushing them away. And that's exactly what it feels like when you're, when you're uh, speaking about this. Right. What you fight, you strengthen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's not really the way it's to, to find victory. Um, just refusing to participate in the things that don't align with your inner values, you know, you, you just create that victory by choice, not by force. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that so much. And, and what this brings up for me is, is we, and we have such a convenient world that uh, we've been so groomed to outsource so much to power, to authority. And, and it's because it's convenient. It's because mm -hmm. to a certain degree, it's, it's a provision of service, but if we're able to take that back into our life, um, we're able to peel back the layers on using the example of food. Again, we we've outsourced so much of our ability to, uh, become nourished to, you know, whether that even just be the grocery store or whether that even be, uh, you know, fast food in the restaurant space by learning how to cook, learning where food comes from, getting familiar with the farming process, the agricultural process, we're not only, um, providing empowerment for our own ability to, uh, you know, self sustain. Um, but we're learning deep respect for that process uh, to begin with and showing up better in life, literally like, you're, like you've put, um, with the ability to participate in areas that actually serve you. Yeah, that's what's important. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, next one we got, babe. All right. Take it away. All right. Um, 
again, a little play on words here. We're gonna we're gonna um, commit to some social media distancing. So we recently, um, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows, uh, we recently were at Priest Lake, Idaho for about three and a half weeks. And, uh, you know, we were away from the city and the noise and we were just, you, you walk out the door and you're immersed in nature. There's no, you know, 5G towers and, and you know, I, we really allowed ourselves space to separate from our phones and social media and all the electronics and just be, just be with each other, be in nature, be with family. And man, it's kind of one of those things that you don't realize how much you need it until you get into it and then you don't have it again. It's like, wow, that was really, really helpful for my psyche, for my mental health, for all of it. And um, I think that it, that a lot of people are, you, I, I feel like I see another person every day saying like, hey, I'm back from my social media break. People are, are recognizing that for their own mental health, they need yeah. to take a step back from social media. And um, I think that that's something that could, could really be a, a healthy tool for a lot of people. Um, and maybe you can speak to that if, if you have any insight there and um, how you manage your own mental health in relation to social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's in the Vedas. Um, they, one of the Vedas I've read gives like five uh, fundamental components for self-realization. And um, I believe the fourth one is a uh, satsang, which uh, satsang means like uh, fellowship with others. And uh, it's like, you know, such an integral part of your own spiritual growth is to be around other people because other people are the creator as well. And um, exchanging energy with other people really can just fill you up in a way that nothing else can. Um, we're, we're designed and created to be like this. We need other people to be our reflections. And I don't know about you guys, but as I've uh, matured more spiritually, I've noticed how much growth I get just from being around other conscious people. You just start picking up things about them, um, you know, the differences in their personality, the way they respond to stuff. And uh, it's like a different reflection of you in that sense of your infinite self. And you get to appreciate it and love it. And as you appreciate and love those qualities in other people that you meet out in the world, you start to embody them naturally because you love them, you admire them. And so it's like, I become so much of a better person when I'm spending time with people who I love and who love me, who are, we're, um, we resonate on the same frequency. And, uh, that's such a huge part of raising our vibration, which we talked about at the, uh, you know, the first action step. If you want to keep your vibration high, like the worst thing you can do is watch news and be on social media all day. I mean, it's just poison for your mind right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to engage with the world and speak your truth, shine the light and all that. But we can get addicted so easily to those dopamine hits. And that's not good medicine. You know, nature is good medicine, company fellowship, um, social time is good medicine. Um, meditation is good medicine. So those are the things that really pick our vibration up. Yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the things under this category that I'm definitely committed to is getting in front of my community, whether that be my family, my friends, or literally just like community by proximity, the people that are, that are nearby. Um, that, that's as simple as like making direct eye contact, smiling and 
telling somebody hello. Um, or that might literally be like, hey, na- neighbors who I've not given enough time to, yeah. let's, let's, let's hang out, let's mm-hmm. connect. Yeah. I challenge you, uh, everybody listening, try having a conversation over uh, social media, over a text message about some of these topics that are uh, kind of at hand right now, whether that be political, whether that be healthcare related, um, just, just over the barrier of social media, just give it a go. <laughs> and then have that same type of conversation after inviting somebody to uh, your place of dwelling, maybe sharing a cup of coffee, uh, maybe going for a walk like on the beach or, or in nature, um, yeah. spending the day together, asking about, you know, where they came from, what are they into, what's, what's their family like, what are their friends like? And then after, you know, a day, half a day of this type of shared activity, bring up, hey, what do you think about, you know, what do you think about all these things that are going on? I'd love to hear your perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear your take. And I'm going to share mine, you know, after. Curious yeah. to see the difference between the dynamic of the conversation uh, just the energy, the frequency between the two. And I would bet that by sharing energetic space, uh, empathy, just a, a day with another individual, those types of conversations are going to be so much more um, complementary in mm-hmm. nature, even if mm-hmm. they are different, right? You're going to be more prone to to turn it and shift it into something that is of complement instead of complete division strictly by sharing that space yes and so what i'm committed to uh, kind of underneath this step is i'm gonna get in front of some human beings and share a little time yeah 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 connect man yeah yeah and you know we we also wrote down at the minimum i love what you said there but at the minimum if you if you do have to have some of these hard conversations because of course we can't just like not talk about it with people um maybe send them a voice text, maybe send them a video. Like it might be weird the first time you do it, but let them, you know, let each other see your face rather than just these little black tick marks on a screen that represent your ideas and who you are. Send a voice text or or a voice memo, jump on Zoom if you're not in the same proximity, give someone a call on the phone. Like these sound like very, very small things, but if everyone did things like this, like overnight our world would change yeah. Um, because we are injecting, (laughs) pun intended, we are injecting (laughs) humanity back into our communication. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to commit to um, voice, face, face to face as much as I can. Um, Yeah. There's unity and connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a complicated, this is a complicated world. Uh, I forget how long you have to, you know, put something on Twitter, but it's a little more complex than what you could portray in a, in it's a like tweet. 120 characters right. or oh, yeah. something. Um, characters. And so it might take a two hour podcast, but this is what's going, what it's going to take to kind of like sift through the details of some of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into your second point here. Your next action item, Aaron. Yeah, this is one that, um, I think is really important for us to get right. Uh, one that I've been doing a lot of and working a lot on, which is raising awareness of the things in our world that need uh, to be addressed, but from the right place. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of us are going wrong right now is that we're, we're addressing the right things. Like, yes, corruption's bad. We want to speak truth to injustice, 
But if we do it from a place of anger and retribution, then we're really not making a positive change. Um, maybe there still can be positive change from that. And we, we know in history, some you know movements have ultimately resulted in a positive change that were you know born of anger and, and resentment towards world leaders and stuff. But it takes it usually takes a lot of violence and stuff to get through that first. And right now, um, you know, one of the things in my own spiritual growth that just caused so much rapid acceleration is that I just, you know, you make a choice when you're in so much suffering that I'm just going to, I'm not going to allow anything to slip by anymore. Um, even though it's not always easy to acknowledge the things about me, like to, to humble myself, have an ego check and say, nope, that, that came from some pride there. Like I need to look at that. I need to acknowledge that. Uh, that came from unworthiness, you know, this is basic self-awareness and this is basic inner healing. And so I think we find that those of us who really take responsibility for our own inner world, will just naturally begin taking responsibility for the outer world because it's a reflection of the inner. We realize like, man, these forms of corruption couldn't exist if we had, if we all were in the right state of consciousness these forms of quote unquote evil couldn't even manifest here. So there's some things we need to take ownership of, but if you've done the inner work that will always come from a place of love and understanding. So it's not making anyone an enemy. First of all, it's, it's not even about the other or the, they, whatever that is. It's just about the injustice itself. So we never seek to make a choice for anyone or tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. Uh, we just need to raise awareness of these realities in our world and then, you know, allow people to make the choice if they want to keep participating in that world. And uh, that's important because, you know, you can't heal a shadow if you don't know where the shadow is. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a balance of like, we don't want to just always focus on the corruption in the world. We got to, again, keep our vibration high. But in the same way that you cannot heal or, or expand spiritually, if you don't take responsibility for the forms of corruption within yourself, we cannot heal the world if we don't do that as well. And so where I'm coming from is just as important as what I'm addressing. Um, let me find peace with this first. But, there's, but it doesn't have to be any different than if I have a cut on my leg that's festering, um, you know, to put antiseptic on it and a Band-Aid over it like addressing corruption in the world doesn't have to be any different than that, right? Like you can do it with lots of love and compassion, but if there's a wound on the body, you address it. That's what love does, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to give a shameless plug to your last video that you put out that this is, you know, goes right back to, but it was, I think, number 17 in the Law of One series. And mm. I watched it twice because it was so meaty. <laughs> There's so yeah, much in there. <laughs> and I, I honestly, like, um, if I can be blunt, is I think it's the, the best that I've ever seen from you. Um, I, I, a lot I of people say, said that. Yeah. I would say maybe most significant, right? Like yeah. the most relevant. Um, and I encourage anyone who's listening, if you, if you have already, watch it again. If you haven't, definitely check it out. I will put it in the show notes. Um, but it's right under this nugget of raising awareness. And that's all that you're doing in this video is kind of speaking to the ways that 
we can call it the, the negative polarity, right? There's this balance in the world, sometimes imbalance of positive and negative, darkness and light. One doesn't exist without the other. It's all relative. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're raising awareness in this video of these sort of avenues and ways that this the, the negative um, polarity can kind of make itself more powerful. Is there any part of that that you, um, that you want to, I know it's a really long video, it's like 30 minutes, um, but is there any part of that that is coming up for you that you would want to highlight um, in regards to this raising awareness? Yeah, definitely. And, um, and thank you for saying that. Uh, I, I poured my heart and soul into that video because, you know, this is the most important topic we can be discussing right now, obviously. But all the feedback I've been getting, you know, overwhelmingly, people are in alignment and saying, yes, we got to speak truth to this. We can't allow this corruption to go on unanswered anymore. But there's a small segment of um, people who follow me, I've noticed, and just out in the spiritual community, who um, seem to be making a misunderstanding of, of non-duality in relation to how we address the world. And so I wanted to make this video to make that important point that um, we are never to use non-duality teachings to dismiss the, the suffering of the world or the corruption in the world. That is very much missing the teaching. Um, for example, in A Course in Miracles, there's, the teaching is, you know, the world doesn't exist. It's just a reflection of you. Um, so, you know, stop giving it meaning. And people think that means like literally the physical world, like don't speak truth to child trafficking. Don't, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. It's talking about your perception of it. So we're not here to complain about it and talk about how bad it is all the time because that's our projection. You know, we're, we're saying something is wrong here. We can bring truth and justice to it by understanding this is what the creator is doing. It's all the interplay of consciousness. Um, we can have actually great admiration for the negative polarity in a lot of ways. Look how incredibly masterful it is, how clever and crafty they are. Like you got to give them some props, yeah, right? right. Um, that's one aspect of how the creator expresses itself in ignorance. Ignorance of its true nature becomes the negative, And that's how, you know, through darkness, we know the light. So I honor the darkness, but it is the job of light to illuminate. And that's right. what I am. Yeah. So we're actually playing our role. We're joining with reality by speaking truth to it. Um, reality is self-organizing and self-correcting in that it sets up these quote unquote problems, challenges for the purpose of them being overcome, right? The greater the obstacle, the greater the realization at its outset, right? So it's like, let me play the role that God wants to play, which is this darkness meets the light, light meets the darkness. Um, and it can be done from a place of absolute love. But if all of our spiritual practicing and teaching hasn't caused us to be moved with compassion at the suffering of the world and want to bring truth to it and correction to it. What good is all of our spiritual practicing? If it's just head knowledge, yeah. if it just causes us to sit in a cave and, and meditate, I don't think that that's really the highest teaching. Yeah. The, the way you articulate that really does disarm me and keeps me out of what we talked about earlier, slipping in to that groomed run of hostility, which is the same energetic expression of even if our literal uh, discussion is different the same energetic expression of of the the other side if you will uh you know a couple other things that that come up for me when you talk about raise awareness and um you know raising awareness 
of the choices available instead of strictly choosing or, or, or raising awareness on the choice itself. That's contrary to so much of uh, how we're ingrained, especially like you know myself uh, with a business background and, and I work at a company that's heavily in marketing. We don't want to give the customer a choice. You know, we, we, we do not want you to know all other options available to you. Right. Um, and that, that's, that's challenging, right? Like the, that, that's against some of the things that we've been programmed for. This is actually another important point. There's a part in the law of one where Ra talks about our logos, which is our son. And those listening who may not be familiar, uh, the teaching of the logos is that every star is what they call a logos, which is a portion of the creator's intelligence. And it's the logos that actually decides um, the way that the solar system is going to evolve and sort of it creates the experiment of this many planets. These are the archetypes. This is the way evolution will happen. And then it runs the experiment and it says um, your logos has a bias towards kindness. So our logos apparently wants to set up experiments that allow for kindness to be made manifest and experience mm. itself. And so in that, it's like, Everything in reality is equally valid, which means it's not invalid to have a bias. If you acknowledge that it's just sure. one perspective of the creator, and I'm here to express that bias, like I am love and light, that's my bias. I make no apologies for it. Sure. I don't say that the darkness shouldn't exist or is wrong, um, but I'm just here to say, hey, I'm pretty awesome. If you want to yeah. come experience what this bias of the creator is like, I'm here. Yeah. And I think marketing, if it's done from that perspective, is totally holistic. In that, no, we really believe in our product. We put our heart and soul into it. We want to, we think it can help people. And so we're going to shout it from the mountaintops, baby. Yeah. We're going to talk bad about other products, but we are going to toot our own horn, right? There's totally. really nothing wrong about that at all. Totally. And that's a, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And, and to my second point was, we actually do have the fortune of having some really beautiful literal examples throughout history who've been able to do this. Um, and, and for me in this kind of the host of, uh, the last year and a half's worth of challenges, I've, I've often, often found myself saying, I don't think Jesus, Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. would have been actually acting in any of these ways. And, and they maybe were walking in with a bias, but they were providing the opportunity for choice, not right. strictly the choice itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that what you just were uh, speaking to, Aaron, is a, is a perfect segue into our third action item, um, which is unity as the new normal. And I want to start with uh, a quote that is just going to piggyback on, right, uh, piggyback right on uh, something that you just said. But um, this was uh, from your private Facebook group that you were so kind to share with me. But you say, um, you don't heal your shadows by allowing them to stay in the darkness. You have to bring them into the light of love so that they can be corrected, balanced, and healed. Darkness is simply a false point of view. It will not expose and heal itself. We must bring it into the light. Likewise, if we want to create unity consciousness on earth for this generation and the generations to come, we must continue to expose and correct everything that does not create unity. That is the only way it happens. The important point, though, is that we must bring that light without attachment to the outcome. Mm -hmm. Simply do our part, be a light in the world as best we can, and let the chips fall wherever reality decides. And 
there's so much you know goodness and meat in Come that. Oh man, I got the chills all over that shit. <laughs> That's good. Who wrote that? Yeah, I know. You're like <laughs> nodding like, yeah, I agree with him. Um, but the part that I really want to highlight, because I've, I've heard, even though you say it so beautifully, I've heard the same concept that we, you know, we need to bring um, awareness and light to the darkness. Christians would say the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the um, differentiating factor, I think, in the way that you put it is not having an attachment to the outcome. Yeah, and that's I think where our ego like claws into, like it 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 anchors into the outcome of what it thinks should happen, and I know best, and if it's not my way, that's not the best way, and I think that that's really important for myself. This is a reminder and a lesson that I absolutely have not perfected yet. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but I I think that that's where a lot of the uh, separation can actually have its root in. Um, if we aren't attached to that outcome and if we're just doing our best and if if that's not enough, I can't do any more than that. But this is my yeah. best and this is what I'm putting forward. But this isn't me. I'm not putting a label on it. It's not, this outcome is not me. And I think that right. that's a, a great place for people to start is realizing that you are not that label, even if you're telling yourself that I am this or I am that, like you ha- like ooh, let go of that outcome, mm-hmm. um, which is hard. It's, it's not a, just a flip of a switch. It's, I think it's a, 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 a consistent reminder, maybe on a daily basis, and then it becomes that sort of um, unconsciously conscious. Um, but I, th- I think that that's a, a really beautiful way to put it. Hello, my loves. I am bursting at the seams to tell you about this brand that I have fallen in love with called Toto. It's healthy, functional, no guilt cookie dough. Yes, freaking delicious cookie dough made from eight superfoods that can be eaten raw with a spoon or baked into actual cookies. The founder, Sydney Webb, was diagnosed with colon cancer at age 21. After being introduced to adaptogens and superfoods and incorporating them into her life, three months later, she was cancer-free, y'all. Wild, huh? Now Sydney is sharing this superfood cookie dough with the world to prove that medicine can be delicious. Toto is powered by nature and innovated by food science. It is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and refined sugar-free. They use balancing adaptogens, brain-boosting nootropics, and immunity-loving herbs to give your body what it needs to thrive while feeling like you are also indulging in dessert. My favorite flavor is the sea salt chocolate chip, and they also have peanut butter chocolate chip. I have a spoonful after dinner, and it's the perfect little healthy indulgence that I never feel bad about. To try for yourself or your family, head to totofoods.co, that's T-O-T-O foods dot C-O, and use the code MIMI20, M-I-M-I-2-0, for 20% off your order. Then try to resist the urge to track me down and hug me because I think you're going to be obsessed just like me. Enjoy, boo. Yeah, the outcome is where we contaminate things, right? Where the ego gets involved. And uh, we did that a lot in Christianity, man. Yeah. (laughs) It was was just so opposite of not my will, but thy will be done. 
Like that's what Jesus prayed is like, no, right. my will mm-hmm. be done. Damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that's not, that's not unity either. I mean, I think even in terms of, uh, raising awareness, it's like unity has to be the foundation upon which we raise awareness because your pain is my pain. Your suffering is my suffering. We're one. And so if I'm raising awareness of something that is damaging or harmful to other people in the world who are one with me, it's from the same mentality of like, when we discovered that lead was in all the paint in our houses and in our silverware, and we were poisoning us, like you just raise awareness of what's causing suffering to your, you know, those who you are one with, right? Yeah. And that's the motivation you're sharing it from, not to make anyone an enemy or any, create any kind of separation. In fact, it is for the desire to create unity because this thing here we've acknowledged is coming in between our unity. It's, it's not creating more unity, it's creating separation. And if we want to be true to our polarity and who we are, we just shine the light on it. And those who are of that polarity will shine the light as well. Yeah, I think that you've said it so many times, but I think this is a perfect uh, moment for you to maybe give one more distinction between discernment and judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, this this gets so confused. Um, Again, when we get to non-duality teachings, we can get so heady with it where the teaching really becomes more of a distraction, right? And that happens, I've noticed, in the judgment discernment category where we, we get so um, uh, meticulous about our words in non-duality of like, well, that, that implies an other and don't say that. And that, that implies duality. And there's some purpose to that when we're learning about oneness and non-duality in a teaching format. But it, we get we can get too carried away with it to where it's like we're deleting words from our vocabulary and it's like look all words are equally untrue like all words are just symbols and pointers and so if the core of us if the core of who we are is non-dual and we understand that we can use words as simple pointers like when i say there's injustice i'm not implying a they that is causing the injustice and they are wrong and like the mind is implying the they, the, the separate other, yeah. right? So discernment and, and judgment are like that. It's, um, you know, it's so ridiculous that people would pretend like you shouldn't expose corruption in the world. But if you're walking down the street and you saw a man beating up a woman, like you wouldn't have time to get all non-dual with your concepts right. and wonder <laughs> if you should rise to action. Like you sprint into action. Why? Because you perceived an injustice. Now, did you need to hate the abuser to do that? Did you need to see the woman as a poor, helpless victim? I mean, there's no even time to see them that way. Your heart sees the injustice and is moved with compassion to correct it and bring balance to it. And it's like, that's the only motivation we come from. That's discernment. Where we bring in value motives of superior, inferior, good, bad, right, wrong. um, That's judgment. And so we leave the judgment out. But the sage very much has discernment, right? I mean, it takes no, almost no common sense at all to know, like, if I see a dark alleyway at night and I'm alone, probably shouldn't walk down the dark alley. (laughs) Right. It's wisdom. Yeah. It's like, I'm not projecting who might be down the dark alley. And I hate (laughs) those kinds of people, right? That's the judgment. Uh, Discernment is an aspect of wisdom. Wisdom is, is an aspect of who we are. Wisdom is an aspect of authenticity, right? Authenticity is your ability to radiate who you are in every moment without any um, concern about the actions of the other. I'm going to be myself no matter what's happening outside of me. 
And so I think a lot of times the word games we play, we get so heady with our spiritual teachings, it becomes very inauthentic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and on this point, even if it if it is getting a little heady or a little challenging to figure out, okay, what is what is unity? Well, there's blatant examples of what's not. Mm-hmm. And let's right. start by like moving away from those. You know, we've seen complete hoarder mentality when it comes to toilet paper in the last year and a half. And right. like that, that's as practical as it gets, right? Uh, we've seen, I mean, this this term Karen has literally like surfaced as a deity for- Yeah, bad time uh, to be right? called like Karen. It's, bad it's time to be named Karen. Tough time yeah. for, for all the Karens out there. We got a couple in our life who we love. Yeah, and, we love and, Karen. Uh, we're, we're trying to trying to make it better for them. But like, it, it's literally like, okay, um, there's some literal examples of how we can start practicing unity. And, and even if it's um, picking off low-hanging fruit to begin with, which is what is it not? Well, it's not these uh, types of scarcity mindset, hoarder mentality. Let's go accumulate all the toilet paper and uh, food in the grocery store when things get crazy. Um, let's be a little bit better about maybe it's uh, you know this kind of social justice warrior mentality when it comes to um, you know mask wearing or not mask wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we observe that and and pivot? And even if it starts with that, those are some of the decisions and some of the commitments that I think we're, we're ready to start making yeah. um, and, and paying attention to even just the level of consumption. Uh, this doesn't even have to be with the pandemic to begin with. It's kind of going into those, what are the practical decisions that we can start making in our daily life that contributes to unity? Well, what about consumption? What about sustainable yeah. business practices? Uh, you know, recycling, shipping, packaging, you know, we've made a commitment in our business to, to really prioritize eco canisters, something like supporting um, the sustainability of, of agriculture and farms through bi- biodynamic farming. Um, and, and even if it's like literally looking at something like plants and animals in this unity uh, consciousness as well, mm-hmm. we, we don't have a layer, the layer of separation that we so often uh, behave as though we do. Um, and, and let's start treating these things that are alive mm-hmm. uh, with just as much respect as, as others. And like these are, pra- it sounds trivial, but these are practical yeah. things that I'm committed to, to taking steps towards that you make these little investments on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. All of a sudden you've accumulated a little bit more of unity mm-hmm. and you you're start uh, a little bit easier to delineate, okay, what, what's a, a, a choice towards contributing to unity instead of division? And yeah. so for me, like, that's where it breaks down. It starts small. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be life changing or world changing today. It can actually be in the small decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would argue that it, it has to, has to be, be in yeah. the, in the small decisions. Um, yeah. There is no, as you say in your video, there is no band of angels or angel, yeah. you know, savior that's going to come down and make everything perfect on earth. You say it so beautifully, but like, you're like, we are the angels. We can literally change yeah. things. And that starts with our daily decisions, everything that Chase just laid out. And, you know, uh, unity is not only unity within humanity, but also unity with our home, our earth. Um, I think that that's something that, uh, you know, with global warming and climate change and everything like that, like our earth is literally like screaming at us right now. And uh, in the law of one, it was really interesting hearing Raw speak to the changes in the earth, um, uh, the heat specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, that our world is literally like every summer, our, the West coast is on fire. 
Australia is on fire, you know, um, all these places are on fire and Ra is saying that there's almost like when you get angry, you, you feel the heat in your body rise. It's like the earth has extra heat right now that it has to get out. And this might be a little woo or a little out there for people, but man, um, we're seeing it everywhere. And I, I think it just points back to that separation from even our earth. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's a symptom of our separation that we're, we think that what we do to mother earth is not what we're doing to ourselves. And it's like, what could be crazier than that? Um, right. Unity consciousness gives you the awareness that what I do to the other, I do to myself. And, uh, that's why taking responsibility of the little things is usually the, the fastest way to see dramatic changes in your quality of life is when you just stop letting the little things sneak by you anymore, like a messy room, you know, you're kind of cheating on your diet too much. And, you know, when life is challenging and, and we're moving through things like we want to eat more junk food for, for the comfort of it. And I don't want to clean my room if I'm too stressed. And we think that cleaning the room might add to the stress or cleaning up our diet might add to the stress. And in actuality, it's the opposite, right? It's, it translates in that the way you are with, with one thing is the way you are with everything. It's, it's all kind of connected. So I, I started to notice at a certain point that when my room is really messy, it's because my mind is really messy. Mm. Like I got a lot of noise going on. I'm not present. I'm not taking care of the little things. So it's like the same lack of responsibility I have to just kind of throw my, my shorts on the floor and like, I'll pick it up later is the same irresponsibility I have when that negative thought slips on by and I just go, yeah, whatever. F that guy. And I don't say, mm, I should take that thought captive for a moment and say, that's not the right way of seeing this. You know, if we're not doing that with the little things, we surely are not going to do them with the big things. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you can back engineer it by saying, I'm going to be mindful about everything I do. I'm going to be present and take responsibility. And it translates to this massive expansion of your awareness to where all the ways you lie to yourself and gaslight yourself become more obvious. And you're like, oh, I'm actually hurting myself by thinking that I'm going to take responsibility of that thought now. It, it's yeah. so perfect. And, and we're so aligned and it actually plays into the next thing that I'd love to talk about, which would be uh, some of that clearing, you know, some of that, you know, cleaning of the room, if you will, of, of your psyche and of your, of your life. And that's, you know, we're calling this giving your intuition a stimulus package, which is basically, which is basically saying, I hope it's not another $2 trillion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, what I, what I love about what you're saying is like taking care of those little things, picking up the, you know, metaphorical uh, clothing on our uh, bedroom floor within our psyche and within our minds, uh, within, bed, our, yeah. within our souls that is removing the interference between really our soul and the expression of our free will and our ability to listen to our intuition. Yeah. And those little things accumulate and they're noise. And, and it's a noise that becomes so loud that there's an actual inability to start listening to your own body's language in where, what, why, how you should be moving through this human experience. And call it muscle testing, call it, you know, emotional or feeling mapping. There's a lot of exercises out there and there's a lot of practices out there for just getting comfortable with your body's innate language. The body is so wise. It's so intelligent and it's trying to tell us all the time, Yeah. sometimes through pain, sometimes through pleasure, but it's trying to tell us something. 
if we are letting things interfere with that communication channel, we're going to have a tough time sifting through the world's biggest problems because we we're too clouded with the fact that we've got laundry on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and so my, my commitment on this kind of like stimulus package to my intuition is to start one, I think before we move, before moving on is what are those things that are sitting on the floor? Uh, what are yeah. those little things that you got to clean up? Maybe it's diet related, you know, maybe you know that with your dollar, you're, you're voting or you're putting investment into something that isn't the type of, you know, sustainable practices going back to our previous point that you, that you might support in reality. Um, maybe it's cleaning up those things in your, in your relationships, whether that be friends, romantic family. Um, it, it's prioritizing health you know, relationships, your mental health, um, your physical health. And then all of a sudden, that body language is going to be a little more clear. When that's the case, you can start mapping it. You know, for me, one of the things that I love to do is almost anchoring um, moments of whether it be pleasure, whether it be uh, satisfaction or satiation, whether that be anxiety, and start mapping them potentially on my body. Where does that show up? Okay, um, I'm yeah. experiencing this stress, loosely termed, that's thrown out all the time. I'm experiencing this this stress. Um, in my throat a little bit. But when I, when I took part in that activity that gave me a little stress on the other side of it was fulfillment. Okay. I'm going to remember where that showed up for me. So that the next time I walk into a moment that's giving me a little bit of that stress, I'm not going to turn, I'm not going to run. I'm going to say, Oh wow. When I feel this right here in my throat and I lean into it on the other side of that is a breakthrough different from yeah. where it might show up maybe in the pit of my belly. Mm -hmm. um, and, Guilt. and my gut yeah. and, and I'm going, damn, that's stress too. Yeah. But when I lean yeah. into that on the other side of it is, is, um, is pain. Uh, maybe I've hurt somebody or, or, or indirectly myself, um, and, and caused that sadness or that anxiety to turn into depression. And so the next time I'm, I'm in a situation where that's showing up in, in my gut, in my belly, yeah. I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to transmute that and turn into something else because I'm, I know what my body's telling me in this moment. And so that's what I mean by uh, giving my intuition a stimulus package. It's just like being very intentional with what my body is telling me. Sometimes that's pain too. I broke a rib a few months ago. And that was a message to like, slow the fuck down, man. Right. <laughs> slow down. You're, you're moving too fast. You're not paying attention literally to things um, in, the, in the gym, much less the rest of your life. Where else is this showing up? So right. um, for me, and I'm kind of ranting at this point, uh, but <laughs> I'm committed <laughs> to cleaning up that, that channel of communication between myself uh, and my higher self. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this conversation so much. Because this is one of the other ways I've just really, my life has been really upgraded through this pandemic of taking so much more responsibility over my health, the things I put in my body, and the things that I'm no longer allowing to go in my body um, that, again, I just didn't take responsibility for. And, uh, you know, intuition is that voice that is always beckoning us to take more responsibility for what is, for what's present, for what's coming up. And uh, anybody we know, you know, we all have friends who, have those rock bottom moments in their life where life has to punch them in the face at some point to be like, slow down. You're, you're screaming through life at hundred miles an hour with no seatbelt on. And it's like, you're, you're bypassing all the lessons life is trying to teach you. And at some point you're going to run into that wall. And that wall is a huge blessing because uh, it wakes you up to the fact that the universe is speaking everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Every yeah. little thing in my life is trying to tell me something, like you said, Chase. And I started picking that up when I started paying attention to my health. You know, one of the big red pills for me was this whole thing of germ theory. Mm. Um, I had not, you know, known anything about germ theory before the pandemic, but it speaks so perfectly to the way we bypass things spiritually as we do physically. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is why the source, you can see it. Like this is why the source needs a mind and a body and a spirit, all three connected. Um the, the mind is like the feedback system for the spirit. Like the spirit has to have a mind to project itself into, but equally the mind has to have a body to project itself into, to move in time and space and have physical experiences. And that's the feedback for the mind. Otherwise the mind can't learn anything. And then the spirit can't experience anything. So your body is a part of your spirit in that sense, that it's going to be showing you ways you're disconnected from yourself. And man, do we see this in the world right now? Um, you know, germ theory is this um, this old, outdated model where we used to believe, you know, germs are what make us sick. Uh, sick people pass their sickness to a healthy person. I certainly always thought that's the way it worked, and that's what we're always told from you know kindergarten. But turns out that's completely pseudoscience. Uh, in 1954, they actually, you know, put that theory to rest and said, okay, you know, we've done 70 plus experiments now in the last like 70 or 80 years. Uh, we, we've adequately disproven this. Um, there's the famous experiment from 1919, the Spanish influenza, where they were trying to see if they could get sick people to pass the influenza to healthy people. So they took like a hundred healthy, um, military cadets who had like really strict standards for health. Like you can't have been sick in the last two years, no comorbidities. You can't drink, be drinking alcohol on a regular basis. And they took them into these influenza wards and they sat with these influenza patients who were sick and dying. And they had like five different steps that they took them through each one of them uh, sit by the bedside and have a conversation close up um, drink from the same cup uh, something like eat, soup from the same spoon or the same bowl of soup with the same spoon. I think they actually had to swallow some of their saliva at one point, or they had to like let them spit in their face. They did everything they could. And all 100 of the military cadets were fine. They never got influenza. And they were shocked by this. They're like, wow, we've got to rethink how contagion works completely. And so we're living in this world right now where we're, where the universe is reflecting to us how we do this internally and externally. Um, through this pandemic. So we have people who fill their bodies with toxins, you know, take no responsibility of what they eat, surrounded by EMF waves, um, using products that have harsh chemicals and heavy metals just soaking into their skin all the time, 5G millimeter waves blasting through them all the time. And they're taking no consciousness over these things, but then they see somebody else not wearing a mask and they just scream at them, like, you're putting my life in jeopardy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but all the while you're the one who's been putting garbage in your body and creating this level of toxicity and all disease we know is the body detoxifying itself. And so the alternative theory, you say, well, then Aaron, if people aren't passing this sickness around, how are they getting it? Well, big pharma doesn't allow for people to do these studies yet because all the money is in germ theory. Right. But the theory is um, of terrain theory is that our bodies have electromagnetic fields this is where we get into unity again. They're always communicating with each other, just as all animals do. Um, for example, women who live together, their menstrual cycles will sync up 
Mm-hmm. That's because their body's energy fields are communicating data. And so we humans do this. We're herd animals. We communicate data with one another for the good of the herd. So if, if let's say I'm at a high level of toxicity from some certain toxin newly released in the environment or something, and I start expressing those symptoms to detoxify, if I'm around you and you have similar levels of toxicity as I do, my body, my energy field will communicate to yours and say, hey, I'm detoxifying these kinds of toxins. You're the same species as me. You should probably do the same thing. And so if your body has that same level, it will start manifesting the same symptoms. But through victim consciousness, we'll say, you gave me your sickness. I'm your victim, right? It's like, no, you were already sick because of the things you've been putting in yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we do spiritually, right? We're so disconnected from from our own selves internally. We believe that other people trigger me. Other people are my problems. If they hadn't done that, I could be happy. And as we all know, you never find healing that way. Because all sickness, whether physical or spiritual, comes from within, not from without. Mm-hmm. Uh, so perfectly put. You're you're literally just like completely aligned. We absolutely, you know, part three of of our, uh, you know, next podcast get together is going to have to be <laughs> all along the lines of like, you know, clearing this uh, this meat suit that we have, uh, so that we can actually uh, get closer, tuned in to what we should be hearing and communicating with, and. And I think there's so much there that we could uh, we could go into, all of which kind of roll up into this into this uh, you know giving your intuition mm-hmm. uh, an upgrade. And, and another piece under this that I that I really love, and and you speak so beautifully to this, um, Megan, would be leaning into your most intimate relationships because we know that those are mirrors uh, in, in the best way. We've all have buttons, and if you're if you're fortunate enough like myself to be uh, sharing this human experience with a partner you lean into that individual and all those buttons are pressed. I mean, some of those buttons are like mm-hmm. mind blowing to the freaking uh, outer edges of the universe, pleasure and, and beauty. And sometimes they're, you know, painful and shitty and like cutting to the core. And uh, so maybe speaking to a little bit, babe, like how we can use our most intimate relationships for picking up a little bit on, you know, what, our intuition or what we might be uh, kind of spiritually communicating to each other. Yeah. I mean, first I think uh, whatever, whoever's listening and has some sort of connection to the divine to, I mean, we all do, but whatever your connection to the divine, whatever that looks like, however you connect with God and whatever word you use to describe God, lean into that. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that also can show up in relationship where, you know, I believe that Chase is an extension, just as am I, an extension, an expression of God, of the creator. Um, We are in his likeness. And I think that, um, you know, I really wasn't going to go here, but I I think I will now because. um, (laughs) (laughs) So a question that I brought up just a couple nights ago um, was prompted by this um, part of the reading of the law of one where um, Carla is being inundated with Carla, the channel of the law of one is being inundated with, um, you know, physical pain and arthritis and in her body. And it's just flaring up like crazy because 
um, this, you know, the negative polarity um, is seeing, is drawn to this power of this triad that exists of this group of people that are wanting to bring more unity and light and love to the world via the law of one um, or, or publishing this book, I should say. And so the negative entity is drawn to, is like almost like alerted by this potential of power. And then the negative entity identifies and tries to manipulate and use distortions of weakness or insecurity that show up for that person. So for Jim McCarty, it was his anger, right? Or his insecurity, like I'm not good enough. And they try to bury in through those little doors, through those little wedges or, or windows into that person's soul, you could say, or their spirit. And the way that I'm connecting this to relationship now is I know the potential of power, you could say, or oneness, unity, light, love that exists within Chase and I, and then also within this platform of the medicine. And if I'm experiencing any sort of insecurity or past stories, if I'm, if I'm, um, you know, really sitting in that and like, he did it again. I told him this, that, this, and those things come up in a relationship. They're real. And like, I told him or to like, pick oh, oh, for us, it's up. like, it's like, oh, that I did that when we were married. Yeah. Part one. Do you yeah. remember that <laughs> part one? And what I'm, how I'm shifting it is now, what if that little distortion or that insecurity or that past story that I'm telling myself or that little bit of pride or ego that I want to hang on to, that I feel that nudge to hang on to in relationship, that could be a window for a negative entity or the negative polarity to weasel its way in and disrupt the potential of light and love that exists within us and then within our platform that, that we're trying to grow for people, right? So. Yeah. That in and of itself, this could be total placebo, by the way, um, but that in and of itself is motivating me in a different way to when I have a feeling rise up in me where it's like, did he really just say that? Um, <laughs> or I have whatever. It's not often, but it happens. Rather viewing it as, nope, I'm not going to let the negative polarity win. I am going to redirect my sight onto light and love within our relationship. And I hope that makes sense for people because it was like a, a legitimate, the brightest light bulb the other night. We had to, I had to actually stop your video and like, I had to like get this out there because I was like, what if this is a thing in relationship? <laughs> Do you yeah. have any, any thoughts, any insight, any experience there? Have you ever thought of it that way within relationship? Like negative entities themselves triggering things in a relationship? Yes. And being a potential like wormhole or, or a gateway to trying to split up or intensify those insecurities or ego manifestations. Boy. Yeah. I mean, I think especially couples like you guys who are maybe doing work together are going to be more of a prime target. Um, I think what Ross says at one point is uh, those who shine the brightest attract the most attention. Um, so it's hard for me to say if I've certainly had, um, I've had two exes who had borderline personality disorder. And so, you know, it's hard for me to know if like that was just, if it was being triggered or was inherent and just something they were working through. 
but it really did seem like that at times that um, when somebody gets into a negative vibration, the entire perception gets warped. And it's like this person I know and trust and love and have been intimate and sacred with becomes this enemy. And it's like, if anything shows you the negative polarity is working in that moment, that should show you, right? <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, hey Mimi, I'm new to all these medicinal mushrooms. Where should I start? I love hearing this so much, and my best advice is to first understand that not all mushroom products and brands are created equal. There are a lot of diluted products out there that are full of grain-based fillers. So I recommend starting with a trusted and high-quality brand right out of the gate, like Real Mushrooms. They are organic, non-GMO, scientifically verified for their active compounds, and have zero fillers. Only Real Mushrooms. I recommend grabbing a few different extracts and start blending them into your coffee, smoothies, or even your baking. They also have capsules if you prefer. Here are a few of my favorites that I use regularly. Tremella for glowing, hydrated skin, like before and after being in the sun. Cordyceps for increased stamina, energy, and lung capacity, like before my exercise. Lion's Mane for neuroprotection and cognitive flow, like before I record a podcast or have creative work. Medicinal mushroom extracts from real mushrooms make it so easy to support your body head to toe. To try some for yourself, go to realmushrooms.com forward slash Mimi and use the code Mimi for a hefty discount. Your body will be thanking you. Enjoy, boo. Mm -hmm. totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're speaking back to your original question, Chase. It's like they are an absolute mirror. They're the closest person. We share breath. Like that yeah. is the closest type of mirror aside from just your own inner workings yeah. um, and I think it, it can really start with and this is something that we speak to all the time recognizing the differences that I don't want to be in relationship with myself <laughs> I really don't I mean I am but like in partnership in sacred partnership recognizing the differences in the masculine and feminine in our partnership and celebrating them and viewing those intense situations or conversations as an impetus or a catalyst for evolvement for, okay, I'm not seeing his full experience. Like, let me just put myself yeah. into his thinking like, yeah, I guess I do see how he could have taken it that way, even though there was nothing in my heart that would have, you know, really wanted to express that. I, I can see how he would take it that way. And I'm not going to let that negative entity like weasel its way yeah. in here. Well, and for me, it's, it's kind of going back to our point. If, if, even if you, you are in, in great flow with your intuition and able to listen and hear and take action, um, mm -hmm. either another, another way would be leaning into those relationships with those partners because they're mirrors and there's based on that interaction, there'll be learnings for yourself based mm -hmm. on how you are reflected back yeah absolutely. and so to to yeah. find your own intuition through that partnership uh serving as the mirror it, it isn't just for me oh okay i have more empathy it's actually like whoa that's that's giving me a message a reflection back on me mm -hmm. um and and, yeah. and it's a communication of my own intuition through you yeah um for sure yeah. so um yeah we, we that was so meaty and, and beautiful and uh, <laughs> delicious. 
Aaron, last one for you. Uh, take us through a little bit, kind of your last point here, and uh, we'll see how, how we can wrap this thing up. Yeah. Yeah, this one I wanted to save the best for last, <clears throat> uh, which was, you know, we've, we've sort of touched on this in our first point, but expanding your own consciousness is ultimately, I believe, the, the best way to heal the world. And I think the law of one really speaks to this. Um, where we get hung up is like, we choose one or the other service to others in the world or expand my consciousness alone, like fifth density, fourth density, you know, which one do I choose? And there doesn't have to be a choice. You can do both at the same time. But um, if you're always out in the world, you know, rallying for justice and, and doing these different um, fights for good causes and all of that, maybe you're not spending enough time on your own consciousness and expanding your awareness and all of that, raising your vibration. And that's ultimately the most important, I think, because what the law of one speaks to is that the planetary frequency, which is in a sense like the energy everyone's under is literally the sum total of the collective consciousness of every person on, on earth. So each one of us that raises our vibration is raising the vibration of the whole planet, obviously to a very small degree, if it's just one of us, but <clears throat> what an impact we can make if we all made that a priority, our number one priority, which is again, like we've been saying so far today, take responsibility for what triggers me stop casting my blame outside of me, um, stop dividing myself from the other. Uh, these are the things we do, we can do that have the best results in terms of raising our consciousness because they have immediate translation to the outside world. Um, the way you are towards yourself is the way you are towards the world. Um, I've been saying this lately that uh, with so many of the lies and propaganda that come out from mainstream media and the government and all these regulatory bodies who are just trying so hard to influence the decision-making of everyone with fear and stuff. I'm like, man, it just feels like everything is a lie. You know, right. like everywhere you look, you're just being inundated with lies. And I'm like, it feels like we're living in this collective Truman show. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all staged. It's all theater. And yeah. we're the, the characters who don't know it's all theater, but that's really just a symptom to the fact that we're all living in a little Truman show in our own mind. I'm lying to myself. I'm not telling myself the truth. I'm gaslighting myself. And if I do it to myself, surely I'm going to allow someone else to do it to me. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that happen when we don't raise our consciousness. And to the contrary, it's like when we expand the vibration of the planet, we literally make these realities of you know, evil, darkness, corruption impossible to manifest because when you become aware of your own self, man, you just become aware of everything else too. Like knowing this really is knowing the universe. It's the truest statement in yeah. spirituality. Uh, and I think that's a big problem with our science is that our science is trying to know the universe by divorcing it from the creator. Mm -hmm. Like there's a universe, there's a creation, but no creator. And it's like, until we know that we're actually that creator knowing itself, we won't be able to know the universe and find all these incredible technologies that extraterrestrials enjoy, right? They're on such a higher level of consciousness that they know they're one with everything. And that's where they find um, answers is through the universe within first. Mm. So we do that first through spiritual practicing. And we find that these solutions just become available. Less and less people get involved with corruption. Um, more and more people that are in these organizations, like um, 
man, I've just been, there's been so many whistleblowers coming out lately. Um, there's a woman who's a, um, a lawyer for one of the four um, vaccine companies. I won't say which one just in case, but um, she came out to um, a few friends of mine who uh, he uh, runs the Academy of Divine Knowledge. His name is Jason Shurka. And she said, hey, like, I can't live with myself anymore being in this organization. I'm very high up. I've been working here for years. I have a good pension and all this stuff. I'm afraid to give that up. But like, there's so much evil being done here and so much corruption. Like, I can't sleep at night. I have to be involved wow. in positive change. So like, let me be your lawyer. Let me help you set up your academy. I'll write all the legal documents for you. And then she went over to Conscious Vitality and did the same thing. And these are the things that happen, right? When awareness expands on the planet and the, the vibration wow. raises like more and more people, just the light awakens in them. And it's like at that level, we don't need to go out and protest everything. And we don't need to raise awareness of every little thing of corruption. It's like the systems of darkness and separation will just crumble mm -hmm. under the light of that unity and awareness. And so that starts with each one of us, right? Today yeah. I will raise my consciousness yeah. by meeting every challenge with love and awareness. I will not bypass. I will not, um, uh, push responsibility onto somebody else. Like these are the little things we do that really make the biggest difference globally. Yes. Uh, I, I'm taking note of this. Um, this is so perfect. Everything we've been talking about today is, is it's one little step. It's one little choice that we're making individually and, and going back to the beginning, right? It's like choosing to participate in what serves you. It's yeah. choosing to reframe what you might share on um, social media it's getting connection with human beings. It's these little decisions. It's clearing out uh, the, the communication channel between you and, and your intuition. And these little investments are raising your level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And take note. I, I'm, I'm so curious. We're going to do this. Um, everybody listening, take note of these things that, that happen. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a few months from now. Um, what, what sort of falls off and what surfaces uh, in this sort of like consciousness raising, um, shifting of, of the energy we choose to put ourselves in. Um, because, you know, I, I'm excited to, to really see what shakes out. Yeah. And I think too, just, um, speaking to what, what you said, Aaron, and now Chase, um, <laughs> no one's going to convince another person of this, that, or the other, mm. it, that, that, consciousness that level of awareness is raised when we embody and this is something that you spoke to so beautifully in our in our first episode together um and we have uh really uh come to understand it intimately in our own family where you know we get into the health and wellness field and we're like super excited you got to drink this you got to use this powder you got to use this mushroom you got you got to you got to you got to you got to right it's like mm -hmm. you're you're forcing it into their face rather you know and go figure people don't respond well to that they're like excuse me um you're in my bubble whatever it's like they want free will yeah right <laughs> and so then we've kind of transitioned out of that and it's so great that we got to experience it and learn from it and now we're sort of in this space where if we if we hear someone that's speaking about an ailment or this or that it's like you listen and it's like oh you know i heard about this if you want any more information on it let me know i'm here and it's incredible or people just seeing the way that we live and how maybe happy or healthy we look 
and they'll come to us, you know, people in our family and saying, hey, what are you doing for this? And we like look at each other, like from across the room, like it's happening. And <laughs> it's, it's so wild when it, when it does happen so organically like that, because it's like, I didn't even, I didn't even do anything. I'm just being me. And all this to, to really speak to your point of, um, you know, raising consciousness in the world, it comes from embodying myself. And then people see that and they, it's like they tune in, right? Because we're, mm-hmm. we're light, like attracts like, and, and they will tune into, he looks different. He seems different. What's going on? And they might even just open the door for you to, you know, uh, kind of share all the wonderful things that you're doing. But you really should, you know, have Organifi and Mushroom Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and you've been such an inspiration for us, Aaron, because I think that's one of the reasons where we've always been drawn to your content is because of that uh, embodiment. And it's not preachy, which is just such a turnoff uh, after, uh, you know, 20 some years of, of um, preaching, you know, evangelical. Literally being preached at, yeah. Right, up, upbringing. So, um, <laughs> God, huge, huge shout out to you for that, for, for uh, being a leader in the space. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, that is always my number one focus of any content I create is how do I make this translatable and help people embody this? Um, we see this a lot right now in our conversations about like pro this anti that, and people are so angry at one another. And what I found is that love has this amazing, you know, depolarizing effect on people where if someone has painted me as sort of like the enemy in their mind, we saw this in the civil rights era, right? Martin Luther King uh, wrote the book on this. If somebody has projected me as their enemy and they think I'm what's wrong with the world, I'm the evil in the world. And they have now confronted me. But I come at them with such kindness and grace and patience and compassion, and I'm not trying to convince them of anything, and I'm very I'm listening to them. That has a, a effect on people's minds that creates this cognitive dissonance of like, well, surely someone full this full of light can't be the problem in the world. And all of a sudden, there's this openness, and I've I've done it you know half a dozen times in the last two weeks with conversations online. Um, where you just come at it from a higher state of consciousness, where it's like being right isn't the goal from a higher state of consciousness, but connecting is. So I seek the connection first. And you see that, man, it just opens people. And then all of a sudden we find we're agreeing. Whereas initially when they saw my comment on that thread on Instagram, they were just like berating me with insults and swear words. Like only love, only higher consciousness can do that. And those are the ways that we elevate everyone around us by just embodying that truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like if a, a child is having a tantrum, <laughs> nothing's going to get done if, if you just portray that tantrum back, like teaching <laughs> involves loving and listening and like, wow, that must be really frustrating and this and that, like you can only teach from a place of, of love or else that discord just perpetuates. So yeah, I, I really like that. I, that could be an action item in and of itself is seek the connection first. Mm-hmm. Seek the next time you're having a conversation, whether that be online or in person, think to yourself really actually, or I'll, I'm going to think to myself, what do we have in common? What, where do we agree? Where do we have unity? Right. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where, do, where are we unified right now? And, and sort of anchor in that and speak from that place. I think a lot of good could absolutely be done with, with just that small, small tweak for sure. 
Yeah, that's what we need. Mm -hmm. um, all right, we're rounding it out with number five here from us. Uh, this this last point here, this action item um, that we are committing to bringing into our life. This is one we've spoken to a little bit already, but um, creativity can beat the inconvenience. And what I what we mean here is thinking back historically, all of the, you know, world wars, catastrophes, hurricane Katrina's of the of the of history, recognizing what they had to overcome and how they actually turned on their like resilient, like their resiliency and their creativity. So there are some decisions that will be that we will have to make and we will have to, you know, kind of discern this or that and and keeping at the root of that decision our values and knowing that we can be creative and resilient and taking a note from these other people who have adjusted around cat catastrophes and major shifts in the world looking at how creative and resilient they were and how they altered and shifted their life and knowing that you can maintain your values as a person, as a human, and, and really seeking out those ways to be creative. Maybe it's growing your own food to a certain extent or as much as you can. Maybe it's um, altering where you buy your goods or, or where you purchase services. Maybe it's, I mean, look at like parents, what they've had to do with homeschooling this last year and a half. It's possible. So my invitation, I guess, with this one is rather than just going with the convenient thing, the convenient option, really invite yourself into that space of creativity and resiliency. And I think that a lot of good can happen um, uh, 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 there. Do you have anything that you want to add? To yeah, that? I'm motivated um, to be a part of the solution. And instead of even just simple... Uh, peaceful protests, which are beautiful and, and serve their purpose. Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty motivated and fired up on what the creative solution could be to some of these things that we might be in protest for. Um, historically, when you looked at change, it's taken uh, new systems. It's taken new ideas. It's um, yeah. making your ideas a, a living, breathing organism such that if we sit around and wait for the powers that be to to come up with our solution, it's not going to happen. They're going to tell right. us. They're going to tell us what we need. And so, what yeah. I'm committed to being is creative. And I may not have yeah. the right one, but I'm 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 willing to say, yo, I'm not just going to stand here and say I don't agree. Rather, I'm going to start putting my uh, rolling my sleeves up a little bit and getting my hands dirty and saying I'm going to I'm going to get creative and see what the potential solutions could be. And I think I think practically what this could look like, just because I, I, I want it to always anchor back to practicality and tangibility of what the person can do today. Something that has all, we've already dug into in our life being creative is doing, you know, maybe more road trips. Um, you know, we haven't been able to travel much and, and who knows what the travel restrictions will be in the future. Leaning into road trips and, and day trips, um, diversifying our business, our supply chain of our product AHCC, Immunintel HCC has been really affected. And so we've had to get creative and diversify our business just to 
exist in the world. Mm. And it's, it's been really great because we've, we've gotten to flex those other channels and, and really like sit down and like, okay, what can we create instead? Yeah. And, you know, part of that has been the podcast and, um, you know, investing and practicing in our own self-study, knowing that personal evolvement is adding to collective evolvement, uh, really prioritizing that in ourselves. And, um, you know, this, this overall idea of spiritual involvement. Um, those are just some ways that we've gotten creative and, and certainly in the near future, I'm sure more opportunities will exist. Yeah. Will and, come up. and to use, you know, some, some, you know, topics that are at hand, maybe it's vaccinations and you've chosen not to, not to have a vaccine. How about dedicating yourself to health, uh, in that same decision? Um, I'm going to choose to prioritize my immunity. Um, whether that means I've had, you know, COVID or not, I'm going to be taking all the steps necessary to make this meat suit as strong as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's, I'm in disagreement with certain school curriculum that's being, you know, put in place. Well, instead of just saying, I disagree, I'm going to pivot that into a creative way to educate my children that is consistent with what the intentions of changing school curriculum might actually Mm -hmm. be. And that would be for the better. So whether that's homeschooling, whether that's just uh, community discussion and um, collaboration, it's it's saying no thank you, but also in that same effort, making a decision to contribute towards something that grows and that's mm-hmm. something that's organic and has life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man, this is such a great point that when we talked about make your own world, like just don't participate in the world you don't want. You don't need to fight it or try to tear it down. Just make a healthy alternative and people will be attracted to it. I was just having this thought this morning when I was making my mushroom coffee and I have so many amazing supplements that wouldn't exist if it weren't for all the EMF radiation, toxic food, horrible (laughs) stuff in our world. And it's like, wow, look how the creator uses the darkness to catalyze the light. I'm taking so many amazing supplements now and have like, you know, EMF blocking phone screens and I feel like so much healthier and more vibrant and amazing because of these supplements that wouldn't exist without these challenges. So it's like, we need to get out of this thought system that we have to tear the old model down, get rid of the corruption. And then we can create a world of unity and light. It's like, no, 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 no. Create it now, right now, start creating that world we want. And the old world will die out just sort of like, the same way that religion dies out over time, the old fundamentalist legalistic way of thinking about God, we've watched it just evaporate in our lifetime because as new generations are born, the old thing dies out because less people participate in it. And whether it's sent the central banking system, fiat currencies, um, medicine, technology, we just got to keep creating, 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 which yep. is a fundamental aspect of what the creator is. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it puts us in our joy. It puts us in our passion and the right vibration. And man, like what's more unity than that? Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Mic drop. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for creating uh, with us. This is such a blast. We could, we could do this forever. And seriously, uh, uh, I know there's more to come. So um, I think we can, we can definitely wrap it up, but Mm -hmm. uh, we so appreciate your time and, and uh, hope, hoping, I know I am extremely motivated and inspired to like literally in this meeting and uh, start making, start making some investments into my piggy bank of change. 
Um, I do want to end with um, maybe some insight from you. Uh, someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm taking steps. Um, can you speak to any maybe online groups or uh, services to uh, sort of uh, that are in alignment with this consciousness evolvement? I know you mentioned um, conscious vitality. Am I getting that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is there anything else like that that you can, you know, speaking of creating a new world, right? Let's yeah. be a beacon for this new world that is being created right now. So, some things are already there. Can you shed some light on, uh, on some of those things? Yeah, man, I've, I'm so proud of the friends I have this year and the work they've done creating so many new spaces and platforms for us that um, they're just making some incredible content, one of which is the Academy of Divine Knowledge, as I mentioned, uh, Jason Shurka's new channel, new platform, interviewing doctors and having courses and all kinds of like really educational stuff on um, whether it's like uh, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, it's all, that's what it's all about. Uh, my good friend, Arai Beckman, who is the founder of Conscious Vitality, which is also sort of like a Gaia streaming platform. Mm. Um, I've actually just moved all my YouTube channel content to that platform because they're fully encrypted on the blockchain, decentralized, they, you know, no censorship is going to come for them. So all my content is thankfully protected there now. And I'm going to be doing a lot of exclusive content there as well. Um, they've got an amazing amount of of um, I've a lot of the supplements I take now I found through conscious vitality and the doctors that they interview and all the amazing shows they have. And then, um, my, my good friend, Alec Zek has health freedom for humanity and boy, they're just doing incredible work as well. Um, if you're, you know, if you're somebody who is struggling with my job's going to let me go, if I don't take this jab, um, they've got all kinds of resources for you. They're, they're all about promoting health freedom and, uh, they're doing symposiums around the country. They're starting branches all over so that you can find a community to plug into of other health freedom conscious people. So just creating unity, right? Um, so those are three great, great resources. And then myself, I have a living the course program, which is running now, but starting over next year in January, which is just all about inner healing, uh, doing the work. And then I'll also be doing a law of one book club with uh, Krista Williams of the almost 30 podcast. Love I believe nice. we're going to start that in October. Um, that'll be like a three month, just a, you know, a deep dive into the law of one. So if you're interested in, you know, learning more about that text material, we'll, you know, be on the lookout for that as well coming up. Awesome. And we will definitely have uh, links to all of these things in the show notes. Make sure you check that out and just start, <laughs> just yeah. start, start anywhere. somewhere, yeah. <laughs> somewhere, anywhere we need it. Like we can't, we can't wait anymore. So uh, thank you for all of that. And um, you know, we've taken, uh, not taken, we've been able to, we've been blessed with two hours of your time. And so uh, we'll wrap this up now, but um, much more to come. And you guys definitely, definitely check out all of Aaron's stuff. It'll be linked in the show notes. And um, I hope you were able to take a ton of value out of this. And uh, we will also have a, uh, a summary of all the action items in the show notes as well. Basically just gonna cut and paste our notes from this into the show notes. Um, so you don't have to worry about taking your own notes or anything like that. So thank you so much for being here and being part of this collaboration. We love you, we appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Bye. 
episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time, cheers, boo.